Welcome to Rich Conversations. On today's show, we are joined by Joe Anhalt, longtime friend, close friend, amazing human. This is his fourth or fifth time on the show, but it's been a little while, so it's great to have him back. He joined us via Zoom from Brooklyn, New York, and uh, he is in the, the fashion and marketing industry, and so I wanted to have him on. We talked a little bit about our college experience together, but I wanted to kind of get his thoughts on cultural and fashion trends. If someone's looking for a new look, how, how do they start? Where do they begin? I think Joe is a great person to talk to about this. And another thing we talked about is design. Joe is one of my biggest influences with design. We used to host people on Airbnb when we lived together. We were roommates for four years. And uh, we used to host people on Airbnb and Joe was kind of took the lead on it and was very, I, I learned from him about how to kind of approach when, when someone's coming into your space, how do you want to welcome them? You know, what, what, where do you put things? How do you want things to look to create uh, an inviting kind of vibe? So Joe's great to talk to about this. One of the most thoughtful people that I know. Great episode. Love Joe. Uh, before the episode, I just wanted to express my gratitude for technology. So uh, I discussed that as well. Pretty straightforward episode. It's a really fun episode. Wonderful so without further ado, let's begin. I just want to take this moment to express my gratitude for the technology we have in the 21st century. It is amazing. I'm so, I'm just so grateful for it. And the reason I'm, this is on the forefront of my mind is because I recently bought a new iPhone 13 mini. And there's kind of a story behind it. So this is my fourth iPhone 13 mini that I currently own. <laughs> Might seem kind of crazy, but I find them to be so useful and I use them as tools um, to accomplish kind of what my mind envisions. Now, how this all came about with this recent one. So this recent one too, I'm not using a case. I only know three other people that don't have a case on their smartphones. Now, how this came about is, uh, I'm really close friends with um, Sammy Saab, Matt Bones, and they're in the band Bone Lane. And so we were together and they were about to go on the sold out tour on the West Coast. And we were kind of talking about just logistics and what's going on. And I was like, you guys got to get footage. Like you guys need, like what, what's your plan kind of for this? And they were going to use both their phones, one's an Android, one's an iOS, and I was like, here. <laughs> he was like, I was like, use this. So I had a, one of my, my 13 minis and a tripod and um, a charger. And 
I was like, use it. And then I kind of gave up instructions on how to use it, how to upload it, what to do with storage. So that on their tour, they had more devices. And as they uh, performed the shows, they just relied on just the iPhones. Because there's, there's issues that come up with Androids. And the difference between like iOS and Android uh, for phones is that like iOS is very compatible with many other kind of like devices within the ecosystem. Whereas Android is kind of like, it can be a great device in itself, but not as um, connectable to, to other devices. So they use it. So I was down an iPhone. So then I only had, let's see. Where do I, okay, I was at, I have four iPhone 13 minis. So one is in California right now. So we have three, and then I also have an iPhone 8 that I use. And so now that this one was gone, I was like, well, I, <laughs> I'm down one. I want, I want another one to use while this one's being used on the West Coast. And I had been um, kind of saving up to invest in a GoPro because with the GoPro, there's like this wide lens, like fish lens you can use, which I found to be pretty effective when um, recording things from behind like a crowd. It gives a really cool angle. But when I was in Miami, something I do when I travel, I really enjoy photography and exploring um, a place and the culture through photography. And then I was, I was at Vizcaya uh, Museum and Gardens. And I found out how to use this like fisheye thing on the iPhone. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So I thought, why, why get a GoPro when right here it proves that the iPhone is more useful to me, right? Like I just lended it to a friend and instructed him how to use it super intuitive um so i was like i'm gonna help me get an iphone so i went to the apple store i also will go to the apple store and just talk to the employees and ask them what their favorite devices are by apple their favorite apple products and why and sometimes they have uh like classes so i'll sit in <laughs> on classes it's just like it's really interesting because a lot of uh, how I approach life is like following kind of laws of nature and reflecting on on nature and our connection to it as humans. I go to the Field Museum all the time and how we're all kind of a part of a bigger kind of ecosystem. And so... I was like, all right, I'm going to get a new one. And then instead of, I started looking for like cases and screen protectors. I was like, wait a minute. I'm just going to use this as my personal phone. And then so I shifted my personal phone to, uh, to work phone. I was like, let's, let's really experiment with this device. 
you know, it's 2023. I imagine the materials we're using are better than what we had even five years ago, three years ago. So when people see I don't have a case, because I ask them, like, why do you, why do you feel kind of uh, anxious about not having a case? And they, they would say, like, oh, mine broke before. And I was like, well, what phone was it? And they're like, oh, iPhone 5, right? So we're testing it out. Anyways, I'm just so grateful to just be living at a time where this is this is a thing. Like, way to way to go, humans! Like, way way to go, Homo sapiens, to create this. And his capabilities is out. Astonishing. I don't use phones the way most people do. Uh, it was expressed to me by Kat Kennedy, who works mission control at NASA, that this phone right here has more technology in it than what NASA had to get to the moon in 1969. I think it's incredible and like why not explore that and think about it and how can I as an individual then kind of take advantage of that and I think that's kind of I think we're kind of at the forefront of this bigger wave that's coming of using technology to design the lives that we want to be living and let technology do more of the heavy lifting where we're just kind of using our minds to kind of manage um, the applications of the technology and the tools that we have. And so I'm just so proud of <laughs> our species for getting to this point that I can be living in this. This is amazing. This is amazing. Um, I, two years ago, two years ago, I, uh, this was in 2021, I took data off my phone. So I stopped paying for data. And so I, was, I just had the device and texting and calling on it. And so I did it for two months until I put data back on. That's, the two months were very interesting because I had to be really thoughtful and intentional about how I use it and like going out um, come thinking ahead because I would think about when I was in college and we had a separate phone separate digital camera and an mp3 player like an iPod you know like all separate and notebooks like all separate right whereas now everything's all in one device but I would think back to that time and how I used my devices back then 
I can all do without data. So for these two months, I could still use a camera and listen to music. I would download music ahead of time and listening to it on my, uh, my phone. And it could still text and everything. What I found, the reason why I put data back on was because email and ride shares, like Uber. If I ever wanted to get connected to the internet, I would have to log on to the Wi-Fi of the place wherever I was at, right? So if I'm at a uh, restaurant, bar, then I got to get through Wi-Fi then, or uh, I'm in a hotel lobby right now, I'd have to get their Wi-Fi and kind of a lot of hassle. And then also if you're out at night, say it's don't recommend this but like you know if you're out at like 1 30 in the morning you don't want to have to rely on wi-fi somewhere to get a ride back to your home so that's kind of why but the two months were interesting i felt more aware and just kind of conscious I really do put a lot of effort into not abusing the technology individually, you know? Like, so, like, on my way here, I took a bus, and everybody, everybody on the bus is like this. Or they're, most people are like that, and then there are a few people with headphones on, and they're, you know, like that. It's just not how I want to live. And I understand it's a commute and everything, but to me, it's those opportunities that provide practice for habit building. I don't want to live my life on autopilot. And that's kind of the danger in these devices and the technology that is capable I want to be alive and aware of the life I'm living and again designing it how I want to be living that will bring me the most fulfillment joy through purpose So that's been on my mind. <laughs> Just the gratitude of the technology we have, its capabilities, and how we can use it individually to design and live our best lives. And then second, a follow-up on that is to connect with each other so that we can solve problems, collaborate, solve problems of our time at a quicker and quicker rate so that more and more people have the ability to live the lives they dream. This is the world that I live in and I wanna create. I wanna build on it. That's what excites me. So cheers to technology. All right, I am joined by Joe Anhalt.
Welcome back to the show. Is this your fourth or fifth time? Great to be back first. Um, I think, I don't know, I lost count. Four or five. There was a little hiatus in between there, obviously. Um, so it's yeah, been a minute. Like I the think... first time you've been out in like a year and a half, I want to say. Yeah, was the last time when you were here in Brooklyn, actually? Yeah, I think it was 2021. I came across that video on my phone the other day, and I was like, oh, wow, this was uh, this was a while ago. So it was yeah. like a couple of haircuts ago for me before I got married, uh, all that stuff, yeah. This is the, the second earliest I've recorded a podcast episode. It's, oh, come on, it's not that bad. It's 7 a.m., well, usually I record them. Usually I record them like late morning, early okay. afternoon. Yeah. The uh, the other time was, uh, I was talking to uh, a woman named Saroshi. She's a writer uh -huh. in Calcutta, India. Oh wow! And we'd recorded at like three thirty, four a.m. because of the time Oof. difference. Yeah. So like I I was bartending at night. And then I came home, stayed up another like hour, and then we recorded. And I was so tired. Oof. Well, hopefully you didn't do that last night and stayed up five yeah, hours. Like, uh, no, I, so I woke up. So we're recording this a little after mm -hmm. we scheduled. Mm -hmm. And I got up at 6.20, took a shower, shaved. I ate a homemade protein bar that I made. Nice. And made my French press. And then this always happens. Like I do everything right. And then <laughs> you then get distracted with something. A little, a little late. Yeah. No, I hear that. It happens all the time. Yeah. What's, okay. So what's do you the... have a, this is pretty early. What'd you yeah. say? No, just examining your mug. What is that? Richard? Yeah. But it's a this cool is the mug a I cool drink font. out of every morning. I love I love the the font. What's what's it say below? It's too small. I can't read the, the text. Okay. So my my dear grandmother gave this to me. She, oh, nice. Uh, she found it at a thrift store. <laughs> gave it to me. <laughs> love that. And uh, so every morning, this is what I, I drink out of because I just love I love the weight and the size of it. A lot That's of good. you know, there's a lot of variety of of mugs, but I found this totally. to be. It's uh it's large enough to be more than just like espresso uh -huh. and light enough that it's not, you know, bulky and yep. Um, yeah. But anyways, think, it says Richard yeah, meaning determined. You seem to have what it takes to succeed, to make big decisions and stay in the lead. When faced with obstacles, you show your power with your firm resolve you're the man of the hour. Your <laughs> determination and will to endure keep you strong and unbending, steadfast and secure. Nice. Go, Grandma. What a gift. I know, right? So yeah. every time I drink out of it, I think of my grandma. And then, nice. you know, it, it allows this uh, gratitude uh, yep. for life and the people in life. Those are the perfect gifts from parents or grandparents that are kitschy at the time. But you just wait like eight or 10 years and it becomes cool and trendy. Like I have this, I have this jacket that my grandpa wore. And when I wear it, that's the piece of clothing that I get the most compliments on. And really? people think I like thrifted it from like a thrift store here in Brooklyn, right? Like uh, 
L train or, or something else, but it's like, no, this has been in my family for, for generations now. And it's like this, this bright red corduroy jacket, uh, almost like a bomber jacket snap up. And it, uh, it has a Polish democratic club emblem on it, which is pretty cool. Um, and, uh, it's like all the rage these days. Cause like corduroy, the kind of bomber esque jacket or coach's jacket, I guess you could say. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a cool piece that I get to, that I get to have and hopefully have it for forever. Huh. Um, Interesting. my mug is not as exciting as yours. Mine is a, uh, it's Paul know, University. It's a Paul University, baby. Go blue demons. Huh. I wish, uh, I wish DePaul had a better brand, you know, it's, uh, like the, like, the logo or like the, no, the overall the cultural vision, brand. Yeah. The cultural brand, the visual aesthetics are actually, I think pretty good, but the, yeah. uh, the brand of the school itself, I don't know. It's just, when I tell people I went to school in Chicago, they immediately think like, you know, one of the good ones like Northwestern or U Chicago. And I'm just like, Oh no, I went to a DePaul university. And then more times than not, it's like, oh, okay, you went to DePaul, not DePaul, right? P-A-W, which is, I think, a school in, in Indiana or whatever. But uh, I try to say it's like, oh, it's like a city university, like right in the heart of the, the north side, you know, kind of like how NYU is tucked away in like Soho yeah, downtown. Yeah, yeah. But like those comparisons, like outside of geographic location being like in dense urban areas, I feel like the schools are obviously miles apart. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to rep the brand. So it becomes, it becomes cooler by way of people, people like us, you know, doing cool things post-grad. That's interesting. I've, uh, yeah. I haven't thought of college in really until you brought this up uh-huh in a way I, I feel like i i just don't look back much uh-huh and some things have started to come up again where randomly i'm running into old college acquaintances or friends mm -hmm. and it's kind of like circling back and i i think oh yeah like i i I remember that time and all the people I met and the good time I had, but I don't actively like college is not something on my mind. Totally. At all. Um, so it's interesting that you, you bring that up. That's interesting. Well, what's, what's funny is for me, it's been less about reflecting on my college days and more about how can I better leverage this brand to pursue things in my current life and like down the road, right? So a lot of other universities have really strong alumni ties. Like I don't have any ties to DePaul except for the friends that I made, obviously, right? Like you being, mm. you being one of them. Um, <clears throat> but like I look at kids who went to NYU or Michigan or schools in the South uh, and oftentimes there's like a strong either academic vibe of the university or athletics, obviously, right? So like mm -hmm. Michigan's a good example. Like my brother-in-law went there and every game is an experience. 
the alumni network is super strong. There's this like pride that people carry with them for the rest of their lives. And it's very easy for them to kind of navigate an alumni network or meet somebody or have that, that connection. Uh, and, and so for me, it's been like, is there any juice that I can squeeze out of this institution that I was a part of for four years? Because if I'm being honest, like academically, I don't think I took a lot out of the experience. Um, but that doesn't mean it's over and done with. So for me, it's like, how can I like continue squeezing out more value from this institution that I gave a lot of money to? And I have a bad taste in my mouth because of the price tag and um, huh. and what I got out of it academically. Obviously, it's not all on the institution. A lot of that lies on my shoulders and my decisions that I made there. But uh, regardless, it was more of like, can I leverage this brand and this institution and this alumni network to further progress my career and, and also just my um, my network and people who I know and, and want to get to know. So it started with buying a DePaul University mug to remind me to do that. Outside of that, I've, I've done nothing else. There's like an alumni network here, but I haven't gone to any meetings or anything, but uh, it's, it's, on the, uh, it's on the radar. So I'll, I'll get to one at some point this year, probably. Interesting. This is like a whole other conversation, but uh, yeah, maybe not as probably, exciting as some it, of your ideas. <clears throat> no, no, no. Like uh, it would, I would say the lack of a strong alumni network would go back to the fact of the experience itself. And you have like totally. this huge commuter population, and then you have like the on-campus Lincoln Park experience. Yeah, and you can the fact you can make your college experience whatever you want because it's in the middle of Chicago, mm -hmm. and it's very easy to get to for other people. Um, while it's great individually, maybe cohesively, it doesn't quite build that that foundation. Yeah, there's not enough people with a shared experience to your point exactly. We're just all like individuals going in and out of this, um, the classroom, essentially. There's no like shared meeting point. Um, Except Chicago. Chicago is like the yeah, whole thing that yeah. ties it together. Yeah, but there's just too, like the ratio, there's too many people. Like you could argue like really small schools and cities, um, like I'm just thinking of Columbia in New York. Like that's obviously very small. It's also an Ivy League school, so it's just like very different. But um, I think because there's a smaller student body, there's a better opportunity. There's a better opportunity for everyone to like know everybody. Whereas DePaul is still like pretty big school. Like I always forget like how many kids yeah. go there. Like it's bigger than like a Notre Dame or a lot of other um, private schools, and it's just hard to like know everybody there. Hmm. Anyway, so you said Go. culturally, uh, the cultural brand, elaborate mm -hmm. more on that. I, I just feel like people don't really know what it's known for. Um, I don't think people know it's like a, one of the biggest Catholic universities, not that that carries any weight. Um, I think it just comes down to like, the academic standing, you know, it's not as prestigious as a lot of other universities out there and that shouldn't matter, but I don't know. I, I guess it, I just wish it had like a, a stronger brand presence. Um, and it, uh, it doesn't, but I think of like the best 
university brands, and most of them are just the best academic schools. You know, you think of like the Ivy Leagues, and then you think of like Northwestern and, and Michigan and um, state schools like Cal and um, Stanford, obviously, uh, like Texas, another good state school. Um, yeah, you said schools are either known academically or athletics. Yeah. And then I guess you get Paul basketball like is not necessarily the uh <laughs> no. And then I guess you get those like super small ones. Like I'm thinking uh like on the East Coast, like the Bowdens of the world or like the the Pacific Northwest, like Reed College, which I think is where like Steve Jobs went for like a few semesters. Yeah. Or like RISD, like that's another big one, but that's obviously known for like design, right? So like I feel like DePaul like is just not known for anything, right? It's uh I feel like your comparison to NYU is is um pretty solid. The academics aren't the same, but like what I kind yeah. of describe DePaul as is like the cool Chicago school. <laughs> So it's it's very the cool social. one, you think? Oh, social. So it's like I feel like it's the yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like the I mean, trendy, yeah, we, like hip school yeah. to go to in Chicago. Yeah, Northwestern is is not very fun. Um, U Chicago, I mean, that's like where the fun goes to die, right? That's their yeah. Uh, and then Loyola is just kind of random. Yeah, because it's international and like uh like all across the country too <clears throat> yeah anyway yeah so cultural brand hmm. what are some uh now you're in brooklyn and you work in the fashion industry what are yeah. some cultural trends that you see happening right now Ooh. and since like the last time we spoke what have you learned? Um, off the top of my head, the first thing I thought of was, I feel like this has been continuing for years, but more of this like uncut, raw persona building, especially on social media. Um, I think it's being amplified by TikTok, although TikTok with like the dancing and voiceovers and things like that, but there's just less editing and less refinement, which I think is a good thing. And Specifically within the fashion world, there's a lot of even like luxury is shooting with like film cameras, right? To get this like graininess aesthetic and raw and again, uncut, less polished, like less of the high flash, high photoshopped. That's what I've been seeing. Um, I think like neutrals and basics are still, are still all the rage. Uh, a lot more comfortable clothes as opposed to skinny jeans, right? Skinny jeans are, especially for, for men, quickly dissolving into fashion past. Um, and just being, yeah, just being comfortable. Um, baggy clothes, but not like sagging off of your hips. Remember those days where we'd wear like baggy jeans, like below our ass, like the bagginess is back, but not like slouchy, right? It's more like comfort and like free flowing, um, things like that. What I like to like search for are things that like blend like Japanese design with 
like Scandinavian minimal. I feel like that's a lot of people's go-tos these days. Um, that's kind of the vibe. Um, and also another big thing is, is like vintage, right. But like really, really looking and picking through the, the haystack to find that, that really nice piece. Um, it's interesting, like fast fashion is still a thing with younger consumers, but also on the other side, so is like vintage. So it's, it's like these two ends of the spectrum, which are, which is really interesting to me. They, they contradict each other, but it seems like the consumer is the same. So we have the Shein customer. Are, are you familiar with Shein? No. Shein is the, it's like Zara. It's like fast fashion, but okay. multiply that by like a hundred. So they're able to like churn out new clothes in like the snap of a finger. And the price point is even cheaper than the Zara. So it, it is the fastest of fast fashion. Yeah. Um, so it's not great for like the environment. It's not great for consumerism. Um, it goes against a lot of the ethos of slow shopping and environmentalism uh, and just like conscious consuming. Um, and we think a lot of customers of, of those traits are Gen Z, but we're seeing through companies like Shein do so well that maybe that's not the case. But then on the flip side, again, is uh, vintage, I feel like is having like a big moment right now. Um, and uh Maybe it's the chase that people love. Uh, it's uh, it's finding cool pieces. And, and also part of it too is just like, why do I need to buy something new when there's so much stuff out there that's sitting on a rack that's cheaper, that's just as cool as that like new fresh thing. So, which I think is a cool trend. I, I don't really do that much here in New York, um, but every so often I'll, I'll find something uh, on a, there's like a little vintage market that pop up, pops up every weekend in my neighborhood that I like to sift through. Um, actually I have a, a piece here that I bought for speaking of universities, I picked this up for my brother-in-law the other day, but it's just like a cool vintage, like Michigan crew neck sweatshirt, um, okay. stuff like that. But now they're designing them to look vintage, the new yeah. stuff that they make. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's been, that's been happening for a while. Um, but yeah, the nineties are back. Oh, I got to show you this too. I apologize for all the listeners at home who don't have a visual component, but my mom sent me this. She went through our attic and this, remember starter jackets, Rich? Yeah, they were huge. So this is, I, I can't, I don't have my video on, so I can never tell if. Uh, oh yeah, we've got a Bulls, Bulls uh, starter. It's like yeah. a popover. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the perfect weight and size. And it's just like, has all these cool like design elements, like this mesh thing in the pit. It has this like half zip uh, zipper thing on the side, but it's just like so cool. And it's just been sitting in uh, my parents' attic for, I don't know, probably 10 years. So <laughs> next uh, next Bulls, next game I go to, uh -oh. I'll get to pull out that. But yeah, very 90s, right? 90s are, 90s are in. Do you feel, I was having this conversation with a friend. She's from Vietnam and we were talking about Americans and how they just like, or in Chicago, they just dress so like lazy. And ah. like you said, with comfort, it seems yeah. like, like, I don't like, I put effort into what I wear, but I, I don't go 
super above and beyond, but yeah. I stand out just because everybody's just wearing comfortable clothing. Uh huh. And it's kind of annoying. Like you look at back in the day and people were in suits and dressing up and, and now it seems like all the clothing is designed and communicated to consumers as like, look, you can look good, but you can put as little effort into, uh, you'll be as comfortable as possible. It's all about like mm -hmm. comfort and comfort and comfort. Mm -hmm. But then I think the design is kind of lazy in a way. Yeah, I think the comfort trend was expedited because of the pandemic. I think we're still living in that moment a little bit. I know a lot of people thought it was going to flip the other side and back to this more formalized workwear, I guess, but uh, that really hasn't happened. I myself have found ways to spice it up a little bit. Oftentimes it's like post-work dinners or parties with friends, but uh, I, I do think the the common thread is still that like comfort and uh, guys can get away with, uh, yeah, just like jeans and a t-shirt or just like slacks and like an oversized t-shirt. Um, but what's, what's interesting too, is that especially I haven't been to LA in years, but LA is all about like the, the like, sh like elevated streetwear, sweatpants, sweatshirts, like oversized hoodies. And it's, it's almost becoming like a status symbol, but that oversized hoodie is still going to be like two, 300 bucks. Right. So it's like this luxury casual, right or like luxury pajama, like whatever you want to call it. It's, it's really interesting. And I, I don't disagree with your friend at all. New York, it's a little bit different. Um, New York, the, the pace and also the work environment doesn't cater to that type of apparel. Um, although you'll see a lot of people with that, but New York, I would say is a little bit more buttoned up, but I wouldn't say it's like formal. It's obviously in New York, you have like all different types of people, but uh, walking through Soho, I'd say it, it is a little bit more formal. It's a lot more formal than a like West Coast expensive PJ vibe, but it's not as buttoned up as I'd say uh, we were like five, seven years ago, right? With like the big J. Crew heyday and guys wearing like three piece suits and and just suiting up and um, you know the tapered pants and and the the tailored suits. Like duding is interesting these days, especially for men, because again. Like what what is interesting you said? Suiting. That that's a good example. Like oh, it used to be very said, like dude, duding, suiting. This is a term Suits. called duding. No, suiting. Oh, suiting. Okay. Suiting. Men's wear like suits, like formal. Okay. Wear. Um, but like for the past like I don't know, 15, 20 years or so, it's been like very tailored suits, right? Uh slim pants, maybe. Uh, maybe showing some ankle, showing that sock. And now it's quickly, I'd say quicker than normal, moving towards a more relaxed fit and like a straight leg and a little bit more oversized, right? Um, still showing some ankle, but maybe a bit more extreme. Um, now I'm just, uh, I'm just describing my, my wedding suit. Um, but it's, it's quite oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's quite nice to just feel a little bit more comfortable, but it still looks good, right? It's it's still a tailored suit, but it's not like form fitting. You know, it's not like skin tight, um, which most, especially menswear was maybe what, like 10, 15 years ago. Uh, 
which again is a nice a nice change um, to just have a little bit more room and feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and by no means, again, is it like baggy or saggy? It's still tailored, but it's uh, just a little bit more more room to to move. Um, and yeah, a little bit more like I, I feel like the Japanese vibes of that, just kind of like loose fitting, but still cut really nicely, still using great materials, uh, but just having room to move around. Uh, see, here's what I'm curious, because I, I see mm. that trend too, that kind mm -hmm. of Asian influence. What mm -hmm. I'm curious about is if there's a correlation between the rise of K-pop and the, uh, oh. the fashion that's a little bit more breathable and Asian inspired. Interesting. I think we, we I think we've been inspired by, I mean, obviously Asian culture for for a long time now, but but specific, specifically like Japanese culture. So like, the the Japanese denim craze has been around for for decades. You know, after a lot of the denim manufacturing in the states left, um, Jap uh, a lot of the like J Japan manufacturers picked up where we left off. And Americana fashion has been huge in Japan for for a while now. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like our cultures have been going back and forth for decades now. And I feel like there's always been something there, but maybe maybe because the rise of comfort and kind of loosening our belts a little bit and yeah. getting a little bit wider pin and a little bit baggier shirt, um, that caters itself to more of a Japanese-centered vibe, right? Um, but yeah, it's... It's something I, I really want to learn more about. And specifically, I just like want to go to Japan and just check it out. I, I've never been there. Everyone that all my friends who have been there say it's amazing. The the food scene, the cleanliness, how much they love to see families, especially Western families, the the fashion, the shopping, uh, the food, the the history, um, the design. I, I just really need to go over there and just check it out for myself. If someone's trying to build a persona, like an individual persona, what steps would you say they should take to figure out what their uh, fashion persona would be? Oh, interesting. So if you like wanted to find like a new look? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I'm I'm just such a visual person that I really need to like, implant myself in the middle of what inspires me. So, but I guess before that, you'd have to just do a lot of online research. And these days there's so many resources out there, right? Instagram, TikTok, um, like movies uh, are a big influence for me. And then following those, those actors or performers outside of their projects that they do and just observe them. But once I find like a geographic location that is inspiring to me, I try to go there or uh, or move there <laughs> in the case of moving to New York and, and really just surround myself with the things that interest me and let that naturally and organically work its way into, into my, my, uh, my wardrobe, I guess you could say. And, you know, you, you don't want to show up one place and just put on the exact outfit that somebody else is wearing. You you want it to be a little bit more natural and organic, I would say. And again, it just it just takes time and it takes refinement. And it's it's always evolving. 
and it, it's more like anthropological, right? It's it's almost like Jane Goodall researching and just like kind of standing back and and not trying to interfere. And eventually, from my experience, you'll just start to kind of like morph into your environment. And I think that goes back the the root of this. And I've been reflecting on this for for months and years now. But I think the root of this for me is one of my strongest personality traits is being kind of a mediator, right? Not wanting to rustle any feathers, not not wanting to invite conflict. And so oftentimes when you do that, you're like a chameleon. You, br- you blend into your environment. You want to look and act like the people around you. You want to, um, you know, not come down on their ideas. You, you don't want to look like an outsider. And good or bad, I haven't decided yet. I think there's some good to that. I think there's some bad to that. Um, and uh, I, I think that's the root of why wherever I go, whatever I do, I just start blending into the environment. And I think that might be also just like a, a strong natural human instinct. You know, we want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And one way to do that is just to start one, looking like everyone around you, uh, two, acting like everyone around you. Um, but that's where it gets tricky, right? You you want to be an individual. You want to have your own ideas. Uh, that That's the most important thing. Like visually speaking, I think it's fine, but uh, you, you should never sacrifice your ideas to to fit in. That's, that's the other big thing that I've been thinking a lot about as of recent, especially living in New York where we we are, objectively in an echo chamber. There, there are a lot of people who think very similarly here. Um, it's, it's not like a Florida where just breaking it down politically because it's the easiest analogy, it's, it's very blue here, right? It's like dark blue. Whereas like a Florida, even like in Miami, it's much more purple, right? Um, and there are fewer and fewer places where you do see that purple. And so for me, I, I am finding it much more important to have my own individual ideas and try not to be persuaded unless I, I feel um, I feel the need to be persuaded. But I, I want to be as objective as possible about those ideas. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of got off on a tangent there when you asked about building a so, visual identity. Right. So visual identity, you want to pursue things you're interested in places you're interested in, but at the same time, you want to make sure you're not just copying and not having your own thoughts. Point of view. Yeah. 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 It's very easy to just like follow an Instagram account and then just like buy everything that they, that they buy or one of your, um, your friends or whoever. Um, and you can do that too, but just like similar to like challenging your ideas, just like challenge the the pieces or the outfits that you're, that you're putting on and try to put your own spin onto it. Right. Um, but also on the flip side, there's nothing wrong with like finding a uniform. So like, that's, that's what I try to do is like, how can I find a uniform, but just like elevate it a little bit. Right. So for me, it's like basically like two color tones. It's either like all black or, or dark. And then it's either all like neutrals or like lighter tones. Um, but how can I find pieces within that, that, you know, it's still an all black outfit, but maybe it's like a super wide pant with like an oversized, like button up black shirt. Right. So just a, a little bit different than, uh, than, than most people would, would wear or buy. Right. Um, 
I'm all about a uniform as well. I, I think that's that's fantastic for for a lot of reasons. The main reason is it just cuts out a lot of decision making in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, you uh, nine, nine of these shirts. Yeah. You subscribe to that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I surely do, but again, uh, I feel like. I want to express myself in different ways. So like mm -hmm. kind of adjusting that uniform now and thinking more about it. Uh, something on my mind. Yeah, I like the the rings, by the way. Those are nice. Yeah, got some rings. Got a necklace <laughs> now. Necklace is cool too. I dig it. Yeah. Yeah, just adding, just adding more expressive elements. Totally. I've yeah, been really fun. into design like the last uh, five months or so. Uh-huh. Six months. I um I read a Da Vinci biography. Design? When when sorry, when you say design, what does that what does that mean to you? Like visually, mm -hmm. how things are made or placed to evoke or communicate emotions and feelings to people. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I, like I read the, the Da Vinci biography and then I like, I, I took notes from him and he was really into staging and how like everything. Mm -hmm. And we've probably had conversations about this before and, and you're like the top subscriber to this, but everything is communicating something. And when you're behind it, you can be intentional and communicate something without having to say anything. Totally. And so um, what I like doing is, and this is part of being kind of bored, but I'll go into like <laughs> hotel, hotel lobbies and I'll just okay. like look around and observe the design. And uh, like say lighting fixtures, obsessed with mm -hmm. lighting fixtures lately. So mm -hmm. when I was in Miami, I took photos of like every, every, every light in every place yeah. I go. And then I went down like South Beach and just went into each hotel and just took photos of their oh, chandeliers. Cool. Yeah. And everything is so different. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting how there are, if you just walk into a space, there are numerous things that are trying to communicate something to you about you know uh, totally. and i see this a lot in in adjacent to like hotel lobbies but restaurants and bars there's so many elements oh, that yeah. go into a restaurant and bar that are trying to express to you the experience that they want you to have here it's not coincidental it's all oh, yeah. very intentional and just yeah. being aware of that and reflecting on that everywhere I go and kind of like guess like, Ooh, what are, what are they going for? And just appreciating it. Uh, my appreciate, I'm a, a appreciator of <laughs> appreciating. <laughs> appreciator of appreciating design. Yeah. What, what, okay. So design, we don't have too much time left, but if you can kind of summarize some basic concepts of design and um, the impact design has in society. I, well, I'm not like formally trained in, in design, I guess you could say like I, 
I guess what, what drew me to it was mostly photography and videography and the composition of really, really nice shots. And it's always simplicity and minimalism. Um, I think also pull a lot of inspiration. I mean, I'm very basic, but like Johnny Ive, who's was the lead designer at Apple for a long time, but he comes up and was a student of, you know, the Bauhaus movement essentially in, in Germany and specifically Braun, who was an industrial designer uh, from Germany who did a lot of like, before there was Apple, there was still gadgets and gizmos, you know, like an alarm clock or uh, an electric razor or a toaster, right? But Braun was uh, one of the best industrial designers of his time and everything had purpose and intent and it was still beautiful, right? So it was this perfect balance of form and function. You could argue that the iPhone is that for, for today and objectively, I believe, will be one of the greatest industrial design moments of, of our species to date. Um, and so I think this, this growing trend of minimalism, simplicity has been happening for decades. We spoke about it in fashion. So that informed me for, for decades. And it's, it's a really challenging balance to, to find. Um, you, could, you could just like live in a white box and call that minimalism and simplicity, but there's still like no function there. So I think that's the beautiful challenge that I'm always facing is how can I be clean, simple, minimal, but still have a personality and still have an, an attitude. Um, and I wish I had a more, um, yeah, a, a better response to how to get there. But again, I don't have any formal training in, in that regard. If you think of like photography, there, there are simple things like the rule of thirds and depth and uh, understanding like the object that you're shooting, um, you know, the spacing in the camera, I think is, is really important. Um, something else that I've paid a lot more attention to is, is just like the negative space within any image or, or the object or just coloring the mood, the vibe, all these different components can, can go into it. And then also, again, a, a trend that we spoke about uh, at the top of this conversation, the, the rawness and the realness, right? So it's funny, I was having a conversation with my eight-year-old nephew who obviously doesn't have strong photography skills yet, but I was like, you know, Eli, part of the reason why I love photography and especially shooting on the iPhone is because I feel like a lot of, a lot of times the, the best images are the, the organic ones and, and the, the moments, right? The, the in-between moments that we see, but we're never, we're never able to capture. But if we can capture that, I think that's very powerful, you know, throw out all of the, the composition best practices and the coloring and, and the lighting. But if you're able to capture a moment <clears throat> more so like a, a space and time, I think that's really powerful. Um, but for me, it's, it's really infused into most aspects of my life. And when I think about design, honestly, like it's everything. So it's, even your own life. You, yes. So I've like pulled back the aperture to that point of view. What, and I was having a conversation last night with um, my wife in, in our community group. And we're talking about hurry, hurriness and how we're all busy and how this hustler culture is the thing. And if you're not busy, people look at you weird. And that comes back, I believe, to our egos. And more importantly, 
not knowing what we want to accomplish in any certain time period, whether it's a day or or your life. And Rich, you've been a big inspiration um, for me in this department. And, and I've really sat down and have started to write out and essentially design my life, right? What do you want? What do you want to become? How do you want to look back on your, your time here on earth and, and feel good about it? And so do you want to be a writer, a reader, um, a good friend, uh, a good partner? You know, all these things I'm sure people want to do. So then how can you design your life and, and set yourself up to achieve these, uh, these personality traits, these identity traits? So design for me started like quite small, enjoying photography, videos, movies, films, but it's, it's really broadened and design, I think, is, is really everything. And inspiration for me has been Johnny Ive, um, Steve Jobs, obviously, um, some like industrial artists, um, and more recently who I heard speak about this topic specifically was Brian Chesky, who is the founder of Airbnb, but also studied at RISD and really loves design and believe when, when he kind of started getting me to think this way, but design really is, is everything. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on with us today. Appreciate it. Yeah. Sorry for monologuing so much, but uh, this was always fun to catch up, Rich. I'm glad to have you back. It's good to have Rich Conversations <laughs> back, baby. We're Don't back, call it baby. a comeback. <laughs>